got it. You guys are kind of matching. You've got oh your my glasses goodness. and your blue sweaters. Wow. Look at this. Five. I'm wearing a nice piece gray. Of, I'm a lazy piece of shit. Yeah, her, her sweater <laughs> is more drapey than yours. Yeah, you're you're wearing fashion. I'm wearing wear because I can barely get out of bed. What's up? Uh, <laughs> How did she get to the bed? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yes. You got a strawberry milkshake from McDonald's. Only heard the milkshake. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me again. It's your host, Natalia. Um, and today I'm really, really excited to be talking to the two lovely ladies of the podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, She's All Fat, Sophie and April. Do you ladies want to introduce yourselves? Oh my goodness. Yes. Thank you for having us. Um, so this is April. I'm April. I didn't think of how I would introduce myself <laughs> until I started, started talking. So I'm April. Obi, <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. Okay. I'm Sophie. Um, we are both writers in Los Angeles. Um, April is a successful television oh, writer. I am a freelance writer, hoping to be a television writer soon. Um, and we have a podcast that where we talk about body positivity and feminism in pop culture. I am super pumped. Ever since like starting this, I was like, well, who do I want to bring on the show? And you get you ladies are literally like one of the first emails that I sent out. That's so nice. About like people that I really love to come on the show. Um, just because I loved your energy and I loved everything about She's All Fat. Um, it taught me a lot about like myself and a lot about like body positivity and and everything at first. So like the first question, because I'm, I'm going to go in hard, um, that I want to ask is uh, whenever I tell people that I was like, oh, okay, this interview is coming up. I'm like, interviewing the ladies, so she's all fat. Everyone's like, I don't know how I feel about this name. So how did you guys pick that name? Good question. Um, okay, so I'll start. Yeah, so we had the concept of the show, but we didn't have the name. And okay. so our friend Lindsay actually came up with it, which is amazing because I we definitely wanted it to be like pop culture related. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also experienced like the same reaction, at least when I started telling people about it, especially my mom was like, oh, so you're going to call yourself that on in the on the Internet, like in public? Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, because that alone, like that alone, people's reaction to that tells me why it's so necessary that we have these conversations, mm-hmm. because people think that if you're fat, that should be like your biggest shame and your biggest secret. And you should pretend that you're not fat. And maybe if you don't say anything, nobody will say anything about it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, listen, I'm, I've always been fat. Like, there's no hiding it. I'm like, why would I pretend like I'm not like, why? It's a waste of my time. So I think that it's really funny that people have that reaction because I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why we have the show. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I, think so. I agree. I just think like <clears throat> if people have that reaction, it's because they think like being fat is so bad and shameful that they shouldn't call attention to it. And um, <laughs> we don't think that. No, I think it's important. I think one of the first episodes that I ever listened to of your podcast, you were talking about that like, that is not like it's just a descriptor it's not it's not neither here nor there and I think that was the first time everyone I ever heard anybody talk about it like that like oh it's just like a descriptor just like you would say like oh that's blue or that's gray or that's like small or whatever we say like oh that's fat um and I think to me that was like really eye-opening because we're always taught about it being so negative. And I think in some ways we put it on like the spectrum of whenever you ask someone to describe someone, they always like saying like, oh, they're black or they're like brown is always like the last descriptor they use because they don't want to kind of insult or seem like they're coming off as like bigoted or anything like that. So using just using fat as like a descriptor versus like a negative connotation or something like you were saying, like, why are you going to call yourself fat on the internet kind of thing? But how have you changed it into just being a simple like descriptor of who you are? Like, 
like how do we talk about it or how do we change that internally do you think which one are you asking I think maybe a little bit of both okay well I think externally you just have to have conversations about it um and when people like it depends you know when people ask me what I do and I talk about the podcast it depends what room I'm in you know how I describe it if I lead with the name or if I say oh it's about body positivity you know or something like that um, because sometimes I don't want to have a conversation where it's made clear that someone else thinks less of me if I have to say, like, that's not a bad word and see their reaction, you know? And sometimes I feel like I'm in a space where I can explain it or I'm in a space where I think someone will be like, oh, that's awesome or something like that. So it kind of depends on, yeah, like who's in the room and what, how comfortable I feel. And internally, I mean... It's just part of the work of like, you know, trying to really think through and work through the things we've been taught and like internalized um, and trying to like really be like, yeah, this is just a description and it's not a big deal. But that kind of self-work is like also a conversation with yourself. Any thoughts or you just completely agree? I completely agree. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it is opening yourself up to having like a really vulnerable conversation every time I like have to bring it up in a meeting for work or something. And so you really get to see like, okay, what are your personal biases depending on what shape your face is going to make? Like when I say this, Mm -hmm. um, but I always will at least say the name and then depending on (laughs) what room I'm in, that will change how I talk about it. But yeah, for me, it's just kind of like, I don't expect everybody to be fully comfortable with describing themselves as the, with that word. I feel like it's more of a, reclaiming effort so I'm kind of like okay this is our show we're comfortable describing ourselves as fat you can do whatever you want but like this is the example we're choosing to set in our space what was the scariest thing for both of you as you like started on this like journey of doing this podcast and using that word and like oh we're really gonna do this like even though you had the concept then you like put it into motion um I think for me it was just about like having to get personal, like I have learned from years in therapy, <laughs> what's up, that I'm just like a very private person in general. And I don't super enjoy like sharing about my life. But so, and I was nervous about that because I was like, okay, this is going to be a podcast about my personal experiences. There's no real way around it. But the way that I found comfort in that is kind of just like, because it's our own space, we get to control the things we talk about and how we talk about them. So it doesn't feel so like naked. Like I'm not like being interviewed by Diane Sawyer, you know, but <laughs> (laughs) it was (laughs) I don't know to just lay it all out but it is stressful like that was the thing I was most nervous about was like letting people in and then there's going to be like hopefully thousands of people who are listening to my story and like making judgments and having thoughts about it and I'm just like a very mind your own business type of person so I was nervous about that um but that is definitely that like fear has kind of gone away over time just because we have a lot of control over like how the show comes out it's it's our own thing so that's been the best part about it I was, because I'm a freelancer and I've like written about body positivity before, like whenever you write articles about that, you get death threats in your inbox. And so. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People really don't want fat women to like themselves. Um, And so I was worried about that. That was kind of my biggest worry. Other than that, I, I am, I like sharing. I want everyone to look at me. So I don't really care about that. We're opposite. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I want to be inside. She wants to by myself. Great. Um, So both of you, okay, what I really also love is like, both of you offer two different perspectives, um, I think, of like your bodies and what it's like to be represented in general because like, you like April's like a black woman I think it's just like black and fat I think is sometimes different than maybe like white and fat I don't know if you guys have found that I have found that in my personal experience like just the way I'm looked at or like what's an appropriate size for me to be as a black woman versus like other white friends that I have in their like appropriate size to be can you guys talk a little bit about that Sure. Yeah, I think that that was something that I was really excited about when we first had the idea for the show, because we have had those 
different experiences and we are coming from two different very different places mm-hmm. and um yeah I talk on the show a lot about how so my parents are immigrants from Liberia I'm Liberian American and so I definitely grew up in like a very diet culture heavy household but the body that I was trying to get to was not the same as my my white friends who were also on diets so it was like my mom wanted me to be like you know hashtag slim thick like that's <laughs> my other friends were like (laughs) yeah that's like I really want to look like like when I was 12 I was like wish I looked like a Instagram model like that was what I was going for and then my white friends were you know like in the Olsen twin camp so it was just like it's just those types of things I think are interesting to talk about because it totally textures like how we see the world now where it was like I was never trying to get stick thin but I was still always trying to aspire to a body that still is not realistic for me and because of my cultural background all of that is tied up in my body image growing up and so I think it's important to talk about it but I think for body positivity yeah that's something that we like clocked from the beginning like Sophie's not really with the bullshit neither am I as far as like how uh white thin like size 12 thin women are really focused and centered in the body positive movement and so we wanted to be open about like okay these are our experiences as people who are like genuinely fat and also people who have had different sort of like cultural backgrounds and we want to always emphasize people who are like very much marginalized versus the people who are like you know my one role my one fat role is going to be like the center of my instagram page so yeah for us it's like I I definitely think our experiences are different and so I think it's exciting to talk about those things and I think that that will absolutely texture like who we are as people Mm -hmm. I think like what you just said is so key because I've had a lot of like white friends that are like I'm so fat I was like girl being a size eight (laughs) is not fat some of us aspire (laughs) to be a size eight and so like for me, I, I agree with you because I, I think I've always wanted to be like a thick, slim. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, if I'm like a size 12 or like, a, I'm like, I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Like that in my mindset, because like in my mindset, that was still like slim mm-hmm. and not. But it was like you could still go in a store and find your pant size. But like if those were a little too tight, you know, there'd be one up for you. And that was kind of like my my goal and achievements <laughs> that I was like, if I reach that point. So do you guys battle with like the idea that maybe you do want to be smaller and it's, but it's not about not loving your body, but more so just like, do you want to change the way you look? Do you do those intertwine for you or are those two separate things? Um, for me, I mean, I definitely spent a lot of years wanting to be smaller mm-hmm. where I am right now. No, like I've, it's really important to me that I know that it's like I don't want to tell other people what to do with their bodies but for me I think like accepting myself as is is an important step and I I would never tell anybody like you're never allowed to lose weight but for me I think really acting out body positivity is kind of like figuring out how to get to a place where you don't feel like you need to change your body like for any reason um so for me that's where I am right now but also like I didn't wake up like that I spent you know 20 years on diets off and on so that's where I am right now. Yeah, I think for me, I think um, body positivity is not saying, you know, nothing matters. It's okay to want whatever. Because if you say, oh, I love myself, but like I would love myself more smaller, you know, that's just kind of a messed up self-love uh, point of view. Mm-hmm. And um, body positivity to me is really about like acknowledging the like systems of oppression that say certain bodies are better and so if you're if your version of body positivity is saying well all bodies are fine but this one is actually still better that's not real body positivity what do you think like other people's issues with the body positive movement are because i've i've started hearing arguments about like i don't know why we're having this movement I think it would be hard for us to represent because I I haven't read those things you're talking about. But if there's specific ones you want to bring up, then we could talk about them. I mean, I don't really feel the need to, like, explain why body positivity is necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, aren't really look, willing to look into, like, what marginalization is, mm-hmm. you know? Do you have a more specific thing to talk about? <laughs> no, I just, whenever I talk about body positivity... Not whenever I talk about because I have a lot of friends that are, like, very body positive. But I think the thing is, like, well, why 
well, I guess the the question is more so like we need to stop being not stop being body body positive, but like if you are fat, like you should lose weight. Like it could be a health concern and like it's not good for you to be that size. It can lead to bad things down the road. So we need to stop encouraging people to like love their bodies holistically and think like they don't need to like work on it. Um, yeah, I've definitely heard those concerns. And I think I would just encourage people who are really actually interested in getting the answers to those questions to just try to educate themselves. Cause the truth of the matter is like, there's a lot of research about how you can be fat and pretty healthy. There's a lot of research about the different ways people have been able to accomplish that and also the different biases in the medical field. But mm-hmm. I also think the truth of the matter is like a lot of people who say that don't actually care about like the quote unquote health of fat people. Mm-hmm. It's more like a general biases. Like there's a term in the movement called concern trolling where people will say things like that. Like, oh, you know, I'm just saying it because I'm concerned for you. And the truth of the matter is like, let's say you're fat and you are very unhealthy like let's say you have various diseases and and you're unhealthy the movement still says that that person who is unhealthy deserves respect and access to the same treatment medical and otherwise as other people so I think it just really comes down to like okay let's say that you meet somebody and they're very unhealthy do you still think they deserve to be treated like a person or do you think that they you can only quote love yourself if you're healthy like, I think that those those two things do not need to be mutually exclusive. And I think that people who have that opinion but are interested in growing could educate themselves because the resources are out there. But most choose not to because they would rather just, like, maintain their fat phobic perspective because that's the norm, to be honest. Most people think that. So it's not it's not surprising to me. But I just think people who say that are, like, a little bit ignorant, low-key. Yeah. And there's, like, a lot of research that, that shows why that uh, – is like not a helpful thing to say, even if people are committed to the idea that that more weight means less health, which is like not true. But um, just like there would not be like if pe- if telling people that they're that being fat is bad made people thin, then there would be no fat people, and like that doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. And number two, I think that that is really conflating the idea of body positivity and self love. Um, because body positivity is not about saying like, I love myself, which is like certainly a great thing. And it's an important thing. Body positivity is about agitating for political like rights and access and fair treatment for people, no matter what their body looks like or is. So when people say that, what they're really saying is, but do I really have to treat people equally, no matter what they look like? And the answer is yes, you don't get to treat someone differently because of what you think they're health status is Mm -hmm. and throughout your like time doing the podcast and obviously being having like a larger platform and everything what has been the most surprising thing you've come across since starting this journey Hmm. well there's a lot of things that are surprising but the first thing that comes to my mind is that we get emails from people who say like they've never heard of body positivity before the show which I mean would make sense because it's not mainstream but it's just like oh my god what <laughs> like to me it was shocking because yeah I just I never anticipated that that many people have never come across the concept that like you don't have to be on a diet like you don't have to that's like revolutionary for a lot of people um that has been shocking to me yeah I don't know if anything's been shocking to me as much as yeah I don't know if any I'm trying to think of like what's been really surprising Maybe just like, um, this is like a very cynical answer, but just like the number of people who are like excited to try to take advantage once you're doing something successfully, that was kind of surprising mm-hmm. to me. Just like, uh, the weird number of weird outreach that we get. But like in general, I've been like surprised in a good way with like the number of people who want to tell us like how encouraged and and supported we make them feel which is really really nice anytime we get like a fan email or a fan letter I'm like surprised all over again that people more than us are just listening to us Uh, and that's really fun I feel the same way just I mean about this my podcast because I'm just whenever anyone's like oh I listened and like you sound great and I'm like oh I do well, that, that's nice. Like, like a friend just texted me yesterday. She's like, I just wanted to tell you that like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, 
encouragement from friends. That means so much to me. No, I, I think that's great that you're receiving more like good feedback than bad. Um, in a lot of ways, because that encourages me to think that like more people are getting this into their head and thinking about it a lot more. Um, and for me, I feel like there's a lot of messaging about bodies geared towards women and girls. And so how many like men or boys have you like come across in like you're receiving fan letter from or outreach from being like, thank you so much for this. Cause I'm one, I'm just wanting kind of the demographics of like who, who listens. Cause I feel like this is oftentimes seen as like a, a lady issue. Um, it's definitely not just a lady issue. It affects everyone the same way that, you know, um, the patriarchy is bad for men too. It's just in a different way. Um, but yeah, like fat phobia and sizeism definitely affects men and it's just in a different way. And it also very much affects um, people who are marginalized by gender in all sorts of different ways. Um, and we, Apple doesn't give you like great stats, but I know that like a lot of our audience <laughs> is women or, or female identified. Um, but we do get like emails from people um, from men, from trans men, from non-binary people, from um, all sorts of people who are not just like, you know, cis women who are interested in what we're talking about. Um, some of that, I think some of our, our audience skew is because we're both women. And so the thing, the environment we create is very welcoming to uh, women. And, and also we hope very much to like non-binary people and, and non-binary women and, and non-binary femmes as well. Um, and masculine non-binary people too. But uh, um, yeah, I think like body positivity is something that affects everyone with a marginalized body and everyone with a non-marginalized body because a large part of um, fat phobia is thin people's fear and hatred of becoming fat. Mm -hmm. So it really affects everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, whereas like men are more, men are also affected by fat phobia, even though they're kind of more allowed and to space right now. Mm -hmm. um, as it gets translated towards men has to do with looking feminine or not being masculine enough. Yeah. Um, and that kind of doubles down on how for women um, or like femme identified people taking up too much space or having an unruly body, as Roxane Gay would say, is um, <laughs> seen as bad. Oh, okay. Now I want to talk more about like this new season because I'm really, really loving this new season um, of She's All Fat because you're really trying to like highlight those marginalized groups that you were just talking about, those intersections of fatness. And so what has that creative process been like for both of you? Um, thank you. First of all, I'm so glad you've been into it. For yes. me, it's been uh, like exciting because for the first two seasons we focused on our perspectives and our experiences. And for me, I'm like, okay, I've heard enough about me, but we <laughs> always talk about how like body positivity only focuses on certain types of people. And there's so many other people who are left out in the margins mm -hmm. and their experiences are not highlighted and not known to other people. So to us, it was important to start to explore those things. And so, yeah, we did an episode about the intersection between non-binary and fat people mm -hmm. and interviewed our friend Jay on that that was awesome um we did an episode on super fat people people who um would describe themselves as like the higher end of the fat spectrum and interviewed our friend alex that was amazing too just it, i think it's just a helpful practice in general as a person who is trying to like expand their uh their understanding of body positivity and their politics to sort of think about like okay you are a marginalized person you live in a marginalized body this is how your life is difficult. Imagine how much more difficult or just different it could be if you had these intersections. So it's been nice to think about it like that. And I've been excited to hear more people's voices on the show. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I think it's just been a good experience overall kind of thinking about other people who are not us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good because it's, you know, really the only way we can talk about these intersections, which as a, I know you and I'm sure your audience knows, intersectionality is a term coined by the writer Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, but uh, we can't really like narrate those experiences for people. We can only talk about the experiences we have ourselves. And I like, I especially am very uncomfortable trying to be like, uh, 
trying to advocate for people in a way that would maybe speak over them. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was really important to us to like have people actually talk on the show about themselves instead of trying to be like, well, think about this person and like what it would be like for them. Like we can just ask them because they're people who like, <laughs> like let me find them for you. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you know, we wanted to make sure that like our space is representative literally of all the different kinds of people who listen to us. Um, and so we didn't hit everything this season, but, and we have like more ideas for next season, but it was just important to us to get like the literal voices and and experiences of other, of other people, because so much of body positivity, since it's like not super well known yet can become very like, people are like, Oh, okay. This one person said it's this one thing. And so it's this one thing. And like, we're like, no, we want to see, like, we want to see and show what it means like to experience like the lens, the world through the lens of body positivity for all these different kinds of bodies and people. So I actually, yeah. Is it Jay that I now follow on Instagram? I just, I just really love their interviews so much. I was like, I have to know more about this Um, because it's something I was like, I've never, I've never experienced. I just don't have anyone like that, like in my circle um, right now. So who knows tomorrow is a new day. You never know. Um, But yeah, I just really love hearing about those experiences and like who they are as people and how they feel kind of navigating these spaces and you talked about being an advocate. So what does it mean for you to be an advocate in these, like as a body positive advocate or just like an advocate because like another person's a human and we should love them? Um, I think for me, it's just about specifically in body positivity, it's about taking that step beyond self-love. So I think mm-hmm. self-love is so important. And that's kind of the first step, kind of having the radical idea that like, maybe I'm okay as is, maybe I respect, I deserve respect as is. And then the next step, which I think is the most important step is, okay, how can I apply that to other people? So like if someone is super fat, let's say, and I know that I'm uncomfortable at a restaurant. Well, if someone is super fat, I bet they're more uncomfortable in a restaurant. So as an advocate, not only would I think critically about how the spaces that I'm in affect other people, but then I would do something about it. Like I would be like, hey, do you have chairs without arms? I would kind of take the step so that the Mm -hmm. person who's more marginalized won't have to do it by themselves, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think that advocacy advocacy is just about that kind of recognizing how other people's intersections and experiences will affect their lives and then figuring out what you can do in any way you can think of to sort of help so that they don't have to do it by themselves Mm -hmm. I one thing I've started doing I don't know if you guys consider this like lame or whatever but what I've started doing is I've really tried to um only shop places that have the inclusive sizing um that to me is something like really really important because it's like I know what it's like to go somewhere and not be able to like find your size and everything and it's like I want to support businesses that are doing that and one of my favorite places is Target I mean everybody loves Target but I don't know if you noticed their mannequins have gotten slight well the one near me their mannequins have gotten like slightly larger so they look like a normal human being and I think that to me is something like I noticed. I was like, she has thighs and like hips. What is this? Um, so for me, I don't know if you guys have uh, started to do like little things like that as well. And if you have like share them with all of us. Um, yeah, that's always like a good thing to do. I like encourage friends to do that. I always encourage, I also encourage straight size friends to contact the companies they do want to buy from that don't have plus sizes and say like, it makes me not want to shop for you anymore that you don't do this Um, because I can't buy from those stores anymore, you know? So I only buy from plus size stores because that's what I wear. But uh, yeah, like that would, that is something meaningful. I think there's like a bunch of stuff you can do um, like that are small things within the realm of like capitalist moves, uh, which is like, you know, buying from places or like trying to support small businesses or, or, um, making sure that, yeah, making sure that the places that you buy from 
like carry plus sizes, but it's all like kind of complicated, right? Because it's like, you know, that's buying from Target for sure means you're buying from a place with plus sizes, but like also what are Target's like factory practices? Like, do we think they're ethical overall? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like a six of one, half dozen of another um, kind of situation. But I do definitely think another thing you can do is like support um, people who are creating like content and, and doing activism through things like Patreon or like coffee. If you follow people on Twitter who are creating like activist works or doing, you know, academic writing about this stuff, um, kind of the thinkers on all levels of it, if you can like support them with your money, that is very helpful. Um, and I also just think like in day-to-day -day life, one small but effective thing is just kind of refusing to participate in the kind of conversations that are kind of the backbone of diet culture and, and anti-body positivity things, which is like when people start talking about how they don't want to be bad by eating a donut or, you know, like how they want to slim down like through the holidays or something, you can just say like, oh, I'd, I prefer to talk about my body with respect and then try to move on to something else. And like that can feel kind of uncomfortable, but the more times you do it, the more times it becomes clear to the people around you that you're only a safe space for people who talk about bodies with respect. And that can help the people around you who might need it more than you too. I completely agree. Um, I think one episode that you guys had was uh, talking about like fat is not a feeling. Um, and that's something I like, I know I struggle with body image issues all day, every day. And I think that's why I really love listening to your podcast. Cause you, you ladies have like ascended to a level that one day I aspire to get to. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that being a feeling is not a real thing. And I think that's a message that needs to get shared more. And even though you got, you ladies have like gotten to this, gotten to this like body self-love place. Do you have those days when you're like, I'm feeling fat still? I mean, um, I think <laughs> it's funny that you describe us as like ascended level because it's like it's not realistic honey like <laughs> we all have our moments for me it, it, it's important like no matter how I'm feeling to to not slide back into those sort of language patterns of like I'm feeling fat because like mm -hmm. we all know fat is not usually in the prior to this when I would say that I really meant like I'm feeling out of control I'm feeling depressed I'm feeling tired like those sort of like real feelings yeah. but do I have days where I don't like I'm not obsessed with my body like all the time probably like 40% of the time like kind of a lot you know because it's just like I it, like I can you know educate myself as much as I want but I still go out into the world and children still like point at me and say she's fat you know what I mean I don't love that <laughs> like it happens you know so but for me it's just like I think it's important on the show to talk about like how realistic that is that just because you get to a place where you feel self-love for yourself and you practice body positivity for other people you might still not be obsessed with your personal body and like that's fine but that doesn't mean all that hard work is undone it just means you're a person you know? yeah that's why it's so important to me to clarify constantly the difference between body positivity and self-love because you have days when self-love is hard, that, that it's imperative that that does not mean that all of a sudden you believe people deserve to be treated less good for their bodies, you know? Mm -hmm. You feel bad about your body within the structures of what society says your body should be, but that doesn't mean you should ever give up on, like, like when I feel bad about myself, I'm not like, yeah, like, screw everyone else, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're right, we yeah. should lose weight, and what else? <laughs> Like, like, no. be disrespected no. always no. no no it's just like oh, I'm having trouble like loving myself today and that's really different from like a commitment to political beliefs mm -hmm. so. no it does um do you ladies feel like you're becoming more of an authority in the body positive space um as like women or as like one of you being a woman of color um do you feel like you're getting kind of that respect as your platform grows? Um, this is a great question. <laughs> it's also my personal nightmare. 
like listen <laughs> i just want to make it super super like, duper clear we want to make it super 100 percent super duper funky this is the situation okay we're two fat ladies talking about our own life end of sentence you know what i mean and like yeah. to be honest because some people do like i was saying come to a sort of day one and they will be like as my guru and i'm just like you have no idea like i first of all, I'm very young in the span of my life i've recently like discovered that body positivity in the span of my life so like i don't i'm not here to tell anybody how to do anything i will never like give anyone a guide i will never feel like i'm a, vo- a voice of anything i'm purely just a book is what you're saying like not not in a way of like this is how you get to where I am where I like I would never for me I'm just I was more interested in like okay let's create a space where we can talk about the things that we talk about before we made a podcast Mm -hmm. and in a way that is just sort of like about our experiences and our perspectives and that's it I'm like I would I I don't feel comfortable being an authority in that way because it's just Mm -hmm. like it's not uh something that I'm like it's not uh, something that is a goal of mine and it also just doesn't feel authentic to like who I am as a person I'm more interested in just having honest conversations about like who I am and who we are and where we are today and what we're interested about but beyond that nah (laughs) yeah I think a lot less about like our position in body positivity as a whole which is like a very weird large like not totally cohesive community at large Mm -hmm. and I a lot more about like our role within the community we have created for listeners of our podcast specifically Mm -hmm. and how we want that community to be and how we want to set up like barriers and boundaries and and respectfulness for each other within that community that's Mm -hmm. really the only one I'm comfortable being in charge of is our Facebook Mm -hmm. (laughs) literally yeah Yeah. stop at Facebook yeah catch me on Twitter but I stop yeah everything at face no that's that's interesting and I think you I think you're like offering a different perspective to it because I think when you get to a certain level in your platform people kind of expect you to be like I have this opinion and so should my followers yeah of, mm-hmm. of things and so it's interesting that like you're like as I get larger like in this space it's like no I want to create more open space for dialogue and and talking and welcoming and inviting yeah it's like definitely you know there's like rules that we have for people who want to interact in that way you know what I mean it's like but there are rules about like respect and the kind of like things we don't allow in this space mm-hmm. but there's like a lot of different kinds of body positive spaces um and I think a, like they're all necessary for whatever you know specific thing they're for you know it's like yeah. our space is not like there's there's Facebook groups, for example, or like Twitter chats or whatever that are for um, people who are academics who are talking about like the literature that they, they've written or like scientific literature they've written or like analysis of, you know, books and stuff. Or like there's groups that are just for super fat people or there's groups for people who have like had surgery. Like there's just all these different things and there's just no way that we like could have an opinion or or like an expertise on those things that we haven't experienced or have like knowledge about and so Mm -hmm. it's like I think the things that we feel very certain about in our space are holding to like these kinds of rules of respect and rules of like what you know like nobody can come in like it's not we don't consider an opinion to be like actually I think being fat's bad it's like no that's that there's no room (laughs) for that in our space But like, there's not, I'm not looking to tell anybody what to do. I'm looking for people who are interested in learning about what we have to say, come and talk to us, you know? And I also think specifically in the podcasting space, I am always excited to see more fat podcasts. Like I, we never intended to be like the only fat podcast. And so like, I'm excited this pod exists. There's so many more that are popping up every day. And I think that's great because I think it's like, we can only discuss things from our personal perspective and that's going to be limited to just like our lives. And so I think that there's got to be more voices and part of the conversation. And I am excited to see more of that. I want to be like the opposite of an authority. (laughs) Like We're socialists, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's what it is. Yeah, especially since like a lot of body positivity right now is having the same conversations over and over again, you know, where it's yeah, like, what yeah. is it? Why is it? What is it? Yeah. Why is it? And like after a certain point, you get tired of having those. So if more people want to come in and talk about this stuff more, it can only reach more people like mm-hmm. that's 100% a good thing. I'm happy for anyone to do that. And I do not <laughs> want more followers. More followers is a bad thing. <laughs> 
Um, so I'm also, I want to talk a little bit about terms. So you use the term super fat. Um, I've also heard Jay's use the term like small fat and like mid fat. So I don't necessarily like have an issue using those words, but I also, I guess I don't think I fully understand them or like where that, how to put yourself in that box of like, what are you small fat, mid fat, or like, did you, where are those terms from? And do you think they help or hinder us like in, in a body positive movement? Sure. So I think in a in any kind of social justice movement, it's very useful to have more specific terms that help name differences in experiences. Mm-hmm. So in the same way that like there's a difference between saying black women and women of color, you know, mm-hmm. it's like one is much more specific than the other. It's like in the same way saying like small fat, mid fat or super fat helps understand the and delineate the differences between different kinds of of fat experiences um, because people experience marginalizations in different ways and in different gradations. Mm -hmm. Um, These are terms that have kind of come up on the internet in the like body positive blogosphere. On our website, on our resources tab, there's a couple links to people who like there's there are people who um, first started using the word super fat. I don't remember their names off the top of my head, but it's like other podcasters and other writers and stuff. Um, and then, uh, Roxane Gay did a pretty concise explanation of it in, in her book, I believe. Um, but basically because it, so there are terms that help describe the, the way you experience this marginalization. So mm-hmm. small fat is like, you're probably, you know, you're chubby, and you like sometimes can't st- shop at a straight size store and you sometimes Hello. like, yeah, <laughs> get people like making comments about it, but sometimes you can shop at a straight size store mm-hmm. and in general it affects you because like people are rude about fat people in general, but like, uh, it doesn't, you know, you can always fit in a chair when you go somewhere. Mid fat mm-hmm. is like, you can't really shop at many straight size stores at all. You pretty much have to shop exclusively at plus size stores or online. You sometimes maybe have to use like a seatbelt extender on an airplane, or you won't fit on like rides at amusement parks or something like that. You won't fit in some chairs and you experience things, you know, like more intensely, like more medical, um, fat phobia, or, um, you know, more intense pressure from society. And then super fat is like, you have to order everything online. You can't fit in, a, in most spaces. Um, and you are like pressured probably all the time to have like weight loss surgery or something like that. So it's just basically <laughs> about the levels of access you have to society, a society that's set up for thin people. Mm-hmm. And it's useful for talking about um, in social justice ways so that we can do things like center the people who are most oppressed and make sure that we're including all different kinds of fat people. And when we talk about justice stuff, um, not just like small fat people or chubby people or whatever who tend to be like, the most accepted widely. And so like, and so if you talk about issues of body positivity with like chubby people, it tends to be more about accepting yourself and like loving yourself because you don't experience the same kind of like, you know, or prejudice from other people that someone fatter would when you're that size, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely agree. Cause I think sometimes like my own biases, because I want to be like, all bodies are beautiful, but I know my own bias is like, sometimes it's like a gut reaction. If I see someone larger than me, I'm like, oh, thank goodness I'm not that size. And I don't want to have that thought. Like, I want to get to a space where it's like, I don't have that. Because like, I'll check, my, I'll be like, oh, Natalia, you know, that was bad. Like, you know, that's not what you really want. You know, that's like, all bodies are beautiful. And so I'm wondering if you guys like have those biases, like your like you, your gut reaction sometimes, and how to if you have any tips of like how to change your gut reaction. Well, I think that yeah, one of the major successes of diet culture is that like everybody does. Like it's mm-hmm. been very successful in that if if you are sort of um, uneducated in body positivity, that's sort of like the neutral. Like you could safely guess that most people have like mean thoughts about super mm-hmm. fat um and uh do we still have biases like for me of course I still have biases but I think that the as far as undoing them it just comes with education like I think it just comes from realizing that the more that I read especially in college when I was sort of learning about this kind of thing the more I read that it's like okay I've been trained to think negative thoughts about fat people 
honestly is a distraction from like the patriarchy and a distraction <laughs> from like like truly they're just like you should worry about how you never want to be this size instead of worrying about like all the other ways especially as a black woman that you're actually being like uh, marginalized on a daily basis so I'm just like what's I learned that again. Oh. So that's, that's what I mean that it's like once you learn those things and you're like I don't want to spend any more time wasting thoughts about thinking disrespectful disrespectfully about other people when I could just be like okay I've been trained to think that way let me actually use that as activation but that's something that really comes with education so I would say like if people who feel like they still have a lot of those biases you're not alone but body positivity is about unlearning those things and so if you take it seriously you have to start educating your so that you can sort of start stop feeling that way because it harms those people yeah I would say it's also like for me it that I feel like that it's kind of the same as like every other kind of justice work you know mm -hmm. like like I told April the other day like yeah because we um last week's episode we had like a you know we talked about like racism and how like we as white women have been uh not doing bad. Yeah, not doing great. <laughs> Cancel. So, oh, doing great. Um, <laughs> women are canceled. We're not doing great. We're not doing great. We're not doing great. Um, but uh, like even even with all the like education and stuff I've done, I still sometimes notice myself having racist thoughts, and it's just about being like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that was still in there, still and like, how, yeah, mm -hmm. like oh, I didn't know that would come up, and then being like, okay. You know, I mean, now I have practice at it, right? Because I'm what I'm trying to do is like um, uh, address what the thought is, try to figure out where it comes from, and then try to make sure I'm doing everything I can. Number one, to educate myself so that, like, hopefully I don't have those come up, and number two, to make sure I'm like taking actions to counterbalance those because I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking those if that's true. <laughs> so it's always like, okay, what like stereotype or like what thing was that? coming from and then it's like okay do I need to get another book about like xyz and also like have I donated to something about this that's usually my like one two step for you know any kind of thing like that that comes up and it comes up for anything it's like I'm bi sometimes it still comes up about like queer people sometimes it comes up about you know what I mean like sometimes it comes up about other women it's like it's they're they're trained in there but it's like they don't go away if you're just like, stop thinking that. They go away if you're like, oh, that was fucked up. Like, let me like do work on myself. Let me like journal about what, where this is coming from and try to talk about it in therapy and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it takes like taking steps to work on not having them anymore. You can't just like self-love yourself out of having any kind of effect from the outside world mm -hmm. in, you know? No, that totally makes sense. My therapist was talking about that yesterday. She's like, Natalia, um, so nothing you just told me is a fact. Those are feelings that you're having. So I think it's kind of the same thing when you have like those other thoughts. It's like retraining your brain to kind of, or relearning, I think, a lot of it. Like, yeah. that you, guys, you posted like a, an article many moons ago on the She's All Fat Facebook page and, um, I shared it because I was like, this is great. And I want everybody to read this. It was talking about, um, about being healthy and being fat. Uh, it had, uh, who was the, who was on the cover? Dang was it. it Carissa's article? Yes. Oh, this is the Huffington Post piece. Yeah. 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 I was, and a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, Natalia, this is like great. Like I got to work that morning and people were like, Natalia, thank you for sharing that article. And I was like, oh, well, if you only knew, um, <laughs> but yeah, because I think that's, I don't know what I think you ladies have like come across and about like the bi the biggest misconception about being overweight or like being fat. Um, I think a lot of it's like you can't be healthy and that's always something that's come up or like uh, people who are larger don't ex exercise at all. Um, and that I think like feeds into a cycle. So what are some misconceptions, some myths I think that like you have heard about being fat or what that looks like. I mean, even just like the word overweight is an easy way to kind of start these conversations because it's like, mm. okay, the word overweight kind of implies that there's a weight. <laughs> like there's one yeah. way that if you're at that weight, you're healthy. And if you're not at that weight, then there's something wrong with you. And it's sort of like, okay, you can start to get into all of these studies and resources we point to all the time on our show about how like that's not true. But the use of that phrase is kind of like a, a 
proof of the bias that is so prominent. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's misconceptions that there's like one weight. There's misconceptions that you can't be healthy and fat, but there's also a misconception that all fat people should be trying to get healthy. Like, I think this is sort of a radical, like, phase two notion once you get into body positivity. But there's the thought that it's like, what if you're not healthy? Like, that's kind of like, that's nobody's business. You know what I mean? But that's definitely like, for somebody who has never heard of body positivity, that's like a wild thing to be like, hey, someone could be unhealthy and they might just like, that might not be your business and they might just be unhealthy and they might just die and that's not your business. <laughs> like, it's like, it's sort of, <laughs> but true. But like, honestly, like it's so as, as far as just like uh, attacking those myths, that is an, uh, an easy place to start. It's just kind of like the idea that all fat people are not healthy or they're trying to get healthy or they don't exercise or they do exercise because they're trying to be this weight that we're all supposed to be. Those are all just like fake things that are not true. Yeah, I think sometimes I I attack that specific one through my own experience, which is that I was extremely unhealthy in my practices, meaning how I ate and how I exercised until I found body positivity. Um, And it was only when I found body positivity and decided that I could treat my body with respect instead of punishing it that I actually started to think about what does my body actually feel hungry for right now? What does my body want to move? How does it want to feel? Um, Instead of like, I need to run, I need to swim because I'm bad. Like I need to not eat anything because I'm bad. Um, And those, those ways were not healthy. Um, Pure weight loss is not healthy in and of itself. And I did many things that were very unhealthy in order to try to be thin. So if someone's very concerned about health, that is something that I, that's a tactic I use is just saying like, well, actually like just the way that people, um, told me nothing was more important than being thin for my health caused a lot of health problems for me. Um, and you know, just the treating each other and yourself with respect actually leads to greater health. I mean, one of the things in that article is that, um, one of the biggest health negative, um, outcomes for fat people is just being treated with bias by medical professionals. Um, and so it's just very, very clear, like socially and scientifically that treating people and yourself with respect is the best way you can help fat people be healthy. And beyond that, it's like, it's up to people on their own. If they want to like eat, you know, differently for themselves or like exercise or whatever, it's really not anyone else's business, you know? Um, and I also always ask people who say that kind of thing, like, Oh, um, are you telling every thin person who just eats like pizza to run too? Or like, because there's plenty of thin people who are not doing the most they could to be like the ultimate health or whatever, you know, but it's also like, you know, if you look at it, you're like, okay, stats for fat people or whatever, you know, there's a lot of links in that specific article you mentioned that are about how some of those studies are wrong and how they're not really looking at long-term things. But, um, you know, there's also stats about like, for example, um, different diseases that are associated more with like different ethnic or racial groups or like different socioeconomic classes. And like, I don't see like nobody in, you know, where I'm, I'm assuming like the people we're talking to are like more liberal because I'm not wasting my time with Trump voters, but like, um, you know, like, I don't, I, you know what I mean? But like, I don't think any liberal person would be okay with saying like, you better tell poor people to be more healthy, like, because poor you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, that's not something we're okay saying. So why are we okay saying, or it's like, oh, you know, African-American populations have more heart disease. So better stop being black. Like no one would say that. Like that's <laughs> fucking stupid. You know, no one is like, tearing away me from my fried chicken and hot sauce. So. I mean, it's just like, not, it's not like a reasonable thing to say about a, a group of people, mm-hmm. like everyone's different. And, and, you know, I don't see this focus on health with anyone except for fat bodies. And there's certainly more unhealthy people than fat, than just fat people. Like go tell my, you like all the girls at my college, who did Coke all the time. You know what I mean? Like, so. PSA, don't do Coke. Like, I feel like I just want to get that out there. (laughs) Or at least don't do Coke and then tell a fat person they need to, like, go jogging. Like, I feel like everyone should just mind their own business. (laughs) That would be great. I just have to take your final meal alone. Yeah, truly. (laughs) I just, I need to know that I can't advocate for hard drugs. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) We're just, like, leave people alone, you know? Let people do be in their bodies and how they're in their bodies is you can't judge. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's easier to agree like on the surface versus like applying it in your own life. 
which is always, I think, like a hard balance to strike. At least I know for me, it's a hard balance of like, go ahead, girl, like you're wearing that skirt, like doesn't matter what anybody says or you know what I mean? Being like your body is beautiful. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, but that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong. And I think for me and a lot of other people I know, like we're in that space. It's like, I'm going to tell you that you are beautiful and great and everything is healthy about you. But like when you look at yourself, um, it's really hard to combat those two ideals. But that's hard for everyone. I think like one thing that really helped for me was filling my, um, okay. One thing that was, you okay? Yeah. Okay. One thing that was for me was like, or that helped a lot for me was like filling my feed, um, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, whatever you look at stuff with bodies that looked like mine. So for me specifically, that was like queer, mid fat white women. And I was like, okay, look, let me look at how they wear clothes. Let me look at what I think of them because I look like them, you know? And then being like, okay, well, if I think they look good, then like, look at yourself, look at them, look at yourself, look at them, look at yourself, you know, and like literally seeing your, yourself represented because there's plenty of people who are on Instagram who look like whoever you are, you know what I mean? Like no one is actually original. Everyone looks like everyone else, (laughs) but you know, um, so like that really, really helped me with that specific part of it is just being like, okay, so I can say it about other people for sure. Now let me find people who look like me and confront these things, you know what I mean? And confront these things. Um, I think think it just takes time. No, it does. I mean, I wish, I know there are more people, but I guess it's like your friends that you surround, surround yourself with, if they don't all look like you, that's who initially you're going to put on your feed because they're friends. Yeah. And I think for me, it's like people I see like in the public eye or people that like, I really respect that I follow, like, I follow like Beyonce and, but Lord, you know what I mean? She's, but she's in her own category. So like, fair, but like, but, yeah. um, but like, I think to see other people that kind of like look like me is sometimes hard if you want to, I know they're out there. I think just more so like finding them and like making sure that they're on your feed is a little bit more difficult to do, even with, I think finding black women in general, just like who are public um, and seeing them like kill it in the game and just like do what they need to do. I think like that's why things like Black Panther was so important, you know, for the culture, just like seeing just a bunch of beautiful black people running around and living their life. But also on Instagram, you can follow hashtags, for example. So there's like a couple body positive hashtags you could follow. And then that way, hopefully on your feed, more people who use those would come up and then you could follow specific people based on that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But there's like, there, there really are a lot of like really amazing black women specifically who do body positive stuff to follow Mm -hmm. Instagram. There's a ton on our resources page as well. But like, if you just search the hashtags, like body positivity. And then there's a couple that are like, there's a couple hashtags that are like specifically black women, body positivity. I don't remember what they are. We're, there's one we always use on our photos. It that's like, like, I'm humiliated to type this, but I'll do it. I can't what do it? it. I'm not allowed it's to. It's called like, like, it's like fat melanin popping. Something like that. <laughs> like that. Like, so just imagine me typing that. It's like, I can't, I'm not allowed. It's stressful, <laughs> but if you can get past the ridiculousness of social media in general, it really is important and key, I think. Um, yeah, it's hard. And it's also hard because a lot of Black women are body positive, but aren't, yeah. like, they don't describe it like that. Like, they don't use those terms because those terms have been so, like, associated with thin white women. So it's like, yeah. for example, I follow, oh my God, what's her name? Danielle Brooks from Orange is the New Black, who, like, she's amazing. <laughs> So I don't know she, she's like she's an icon I don't know that she would use the hashtag body positive because I don't know if that's yeah. how she herself but I would say that she is so yeah. it's kind of about that um so it does take a little bit of work but once you open your feed and you no longer see like thin women on yachts and instead you see like other cute black girls and their jeggings like it does help you <laughs> sort of reframe your yeah. mind for sure like we're in our stretch pants with our wigs and we're having fun. <laughs> like the whole buyer is truly I don't know. She like her Instagram is truly gives me life all the time because she follows Cece Olisa. No, I think you might like her. Mm -hmm. I I just love Nicole Byers because she's always in bikinis. Yes. Always thing. She's I mean, she's (laughs) beautiful as like a human and I love her. Um, 
But I, I also want to talk about like the other, because there are other Instagram accounts that I follow that are like, um, that are like women that are like on like their weight loss journeys and who decided to like change. They're like, I wanted to change my life. I want to change my lifestyle. And like, I lost all this weight. And, and how do you combat with like those images? Cause I don't want to, I don't want to down anybody for like wanting to lose weight if they were at a weight that they didn't feel comfortable with. So how do you like, do we, not shame those women, but what do we say to those women as well? I mean, I think it's just, again, about looking at why people want to be thinner and mm-hmm. what are the things that they're using to measure success. Because again, just being thinner is not an increase in health. Yeah. Just being thinner is not an increase in anything except for social capital. So if someone says like, oh, I felt like I had an unhealthy lifestyle. Okay. Then talk about how you changed what you ate, what recipes okay. you're using and why. Those are the kinds of achievements that I'm comfortable talking about. Otherwise, I'm like, we can look at it across any other access. I'm like, um, do you want to like talk about like how much, you know, do you want to like, I I also don't want to see women using like skin lightening creams. You know what I mean? That's, you know what I mean? It's like the same, Mm -hmm. like, how can I get more access to white heteropatriarchy? (laughs) So it's like, if you wouldn't be like, would you use those same words to talk about that? Would you be like, I respect your journey? Or would you be like, that's fucked up that you want to look less dark because Mm -hmm. you're racist against yourself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the same thing where it's like, why, why, why do you want to be thinner? You know what I mean? Like what, what privilege are you gaining through this and how, why, like, can you analyze why what you're doing is harmful to people who are larger than you. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's an important. Not to compare, not, like yeah. not to compare racism to like fat phobia, but I think it's like any kind of access of, of privilege mm-hmm. you can do that with. No, I think that's important because I've definitely, I've definitely seen that end of it where it's like, I just want to be thin. And then I've definitely, I, I think the people that I personally follow are more like my lifestyle was unhealthy, like in the sense, like I was sitting in my bed all day. I wasn't, I was eating Doritos 10 times. Like, you know what I mean? Those, cause like eating those all day may not be the best thing for your body just in terms of like have an apple because like it has nutrients, like things like that. So I think they're more on that side of things of like the, I was not just being like a, a healthful person, like mentally, just physically. Um, so I, I think, I don't know. It's just like, how do you, sometimes seeing those contrasting like also the other like body more body positive people that I follow are more like curvy women that I follow um just kind of combating those two issues and I'm sure like other people have the same like dichotomy going on I mean again I would just say that body positivity isn't really about nutrition or health it's about respect and access in political spaces and there are plenty of body positive nutritionists and body positive dietitians who talk about how you can change how you eat if you want to eat more fruits and vegetables without centering it in a desire to fit more into diet culture. Mm-hmm. And so I would just like encourage someone who wants to figure out how to make changes because they physically don't feel good. Um, I would encourage people to like locate that more in caring for your body than in attempting to be smaller um, because being smaller, you can be smaller and also eat Doritos all day, all day you know? Yes. So um, yeah, I think inherently like before and after pick is supposed to be then what the before is bad and if you're showing me a before picture mm-hmm. that's larger than your after picture what you're saying is larger is bad and I'm not with that no that makes that's a good way to put it I don't think I've ever thought about that before like the larger is bad and the now smaller is a good thing I don't think I've ever thought about that yeah but that's a good way of looking at it I like that mm-hmm. I um want to also ask how like there's a little bit more personal so you guys don't have to answer if you don't want to but I think a lot of um also mentality is that like if you are larger or like you're fat like you won't find love and you talk a lot about your boyfriend on the pod which is great I love that and you also talk about being um bi and so I think you kind of there's times where like people are trying to come for me but I just say no to them like, I remember you said that in one of the episodes or something similar along those lines. But if you guys can talk a little bit about, like, love and relationships and what it's like dating, I guess, being fat or not the ideal, what that's like. Um, I would just point to 
I want to say season two, we did an episode dedicated to this called, like, okay. is it called Through Thick and Thick? We, I think so. We have fun with our episode titles, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> like, really, it's always 3 a.m. Like, what's the episode going to be called? So I think it's oh, called Dating Through Thick time. and Thick. <laughs> exactly. So I would point people to that where we kind of get into it in detail. But yeah, for me, it's it's been, I mean, it will be difficult. Like, if you're on dating apps, of course, people will sort of come to you with their biases. And for me, I found that people will assume that I'm like, more willing to settle because it's kind of like oh aren't you just happy that like anyone is into you it's that and it's also um like I get a lot of people fetishizing me and like over sexualizing me which just makes me uncomfortable but in general uh, no like I feel like you if you're really interested in finding love and you're like ready to date like there will there are people out there but I also think it's important to note like there are specific difficulties dating as someone who is fat and body positive in a world that's not body positive Mm -hmm. um so it presents its challenges, but it's not impossible. But not in a world that's not fat, by the way. Most people, people are, are fat. fat. But the thing is, yeah. fat will be fat and then call you fat, as yeah. you know from living. And then they'll be like, you're fat. When I turn them down, I'm like, you're fat. <laughs> you're fat. I was like, who are you calling fat, sir? Yeah. My final question is, how do you, both of you, define being a woman or womanhood? Oh my god, this is a hard question. See, this is hard because, like, (laughs) when we listened to our non-binary app, I was basically, by the end of it, I was like, but what is gender, and, like, what am I, and, like, what are you, and, like, what is life, and, like, it was just very confusing, and I think that was, that's kind of, like, a good place to be in, where I'm just, like, I don't fucking know, and, like, the more that I read into it, because I I think it's easier for me to say what I don't think gender is. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I'm like, it's not genitals. That doesn't fucking matter. And it's not like, it's not body parts in any way. And it's not liking pink. You know what I mean? I think for me, it has more to do with just like, just knowing that I am like, I, I think there, there is actually like science and studies and stuff you can look at if you Google about like trans politics and trans people's science in particular, that's about like how people's brains function, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not, I'm not educated about that <laughs> at all. Um, but there is like science that like, you know, legitimizes and validates gender mm-hmm. stuff. And it's beyond just like, you know, I want to be X or whatever, you know, like transphobic people say that it is. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, being a woman has more to do with like the community I feel with other women Mm -hmm. um, and like things that I feel comfortable sharing with other women that I don't necessarily with men or um, yeah, I think like for me, it's like, like there's just so many different kinds of women and different kinds of like femme people that to me, being a woman is just like, I just know that I am. I've like mm-hmm. tried to think about it so many times. I'm just like, I just know that I am. And so it feels kind of like central in that way that's like, I know I'm me, I'm Sophie, I'm a woman. You know what I mean? And that's like about as far as I can get it into it. Cause any other time I try to be like, it's this, I'm like, <laughs> like it's not that. No. <laughs> and it's a ridiculous feeling because yeah, even in the episode with Jay, you can mm-hmm. clearly hear a non-binary person like articulate yes. exactly what it is to be non-binary. And I'm like, that sounds amazing. I have no idea how to answer this question. I can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I just know like exactly what Sophie was describing, especially with black women. I know that I enjoy sisterhood and that is so central to who I am. And to me, that's that, that is my favorite part of being a woman is just enjoying the presence of other women and commiserating with other women um yeah that's all it means to me I really couldn't tell you which is no it's listen I everybody gets asked this question I ask every single guest that I have on um and I love hearing all the different answers and I've gotten such a plethora so it's great hearing both of your answers because they're also both unique and adding to the collection that I'm collecting um Mm -hmm. but is there anything that you ladies want to plug um, I think just the podcast. So there is a new episode of She's All Fat every Thursday um, while we are in production. We are in season three right now. So I would check us out. We're on iTunes, Spotify, many other apps. Google, um, Play. Google Play. We're all over the internet. You can check us out at she's all fat pod.com. Um, Follow us on Instagram. Sophie posts a lot of cool pictures of us. Um, I like them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, come join us. We're having fun. And thank you so much for having us. Oh, thank you. Trust me, like the pleasure is truly all mine. Um, It's been great. Once again, truly one of my favorite podcasts. So thank um, you. Loving listening. And thank everybody else for listening. Please 
follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at PrettyFaceLady3. Um, like us on Facebook at More Than a Pretty Face. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to say hi, you want to be on the show, know someone to be on the show, want to sponsor the show, please email us at um, prettyfacewomen at mtapfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.